Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. It is Wednesday, September 6th, 2023, and that means that it is time for episode 117 of the podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It is a big podcast this week because if you listened to our podcast last week, episode 116, we did our annual for the third time now on this podcast, the college football season preview. Well, this week, we have got another football preview to share with y'all. Not college. We are talking professional. The NFL. I am previewing the NFL season. I've got facts on all 32 teams. I'm going to make my picks. Super Bowl champ, of course. I've got to pick that. So that's all coming up on this week's edition of the podcast. Stay tuned for all those facts because the season starts like on Thursday. So we got to get these facts rolling, y'all. So I got those in just a second. But before we get to our facts this week, I just wanted to remind you all that if you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like all the facts on this week's edition, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 117, rate and review the podcast, and then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads, TikTok, at Xander's Facts. That is Xander with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends around here. We'd like to call that spread the facts. Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, the newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts, our recap of the week's top headlines that comes out every Sunday morning. Check it out on Substack and the link in the episode's description. It's free to sign up to get it in your email inbox. And also check out the Xander's Facts link tree because it has all the Xander's Facts links that you need. And also listen to any of our past 116 episodes, like last week, if you missed our college football season preview. But this week, we are talking, not college, NFL. It is time for part two of our football season previews, professional football, American football, not the football that we like to talk about sometimes on this podcast. We're talking about hard, smash mouth, nose tackle football. Whoa. And that brings us to the NFL. I mean... We did have a pretty good weekend of college football last week. Y'all knew what was coming, though, thanks to last week's college football season preview, except for Colorado beating TCU. I didn't expect that to happen. And Duke didn't just beat Clemson, they demolished Clemson, so that was kind of a, you know, just two games, though. But this week, we turn our attention to the pros. The 104th season of the National Football League is set to kick off this Thursday. The Lions and the Chiefs play in the first game on Thursday night, y'all. I'm excited. Now, if you watch all the ESPN and the FS1 studio shows they have on during the day, you don't need to listen to this podcast because the NFL appears to be the only thing they can talk about during the summer. It can be the middle of July, the Women's World Cup is going on, baseball, Wimbledon, all the other stuff that's going on. And then on ESPN, 8 a.m., top of the show, get up is what they have in the morning, top of the show. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be good for the New York Jets this year? We discuss! Calm down, bruh. Like, dudes, chill out. It's June. No one cares. People care now, though, that it is actually September and that we are one day away from the football season starting. So, if you are the 99.9999999 infinite nines percent of the population who doesn't waste their time watching that, 
you've come to the right place to get all the facts you need before the season begins. And there's a lot to know. We've got new faces and new places, particularly quarterbacks like the one I just mentioned, a familiar reigning Super Bowl champion, and to finish off the season the first time that Sin City, Las Vegas, is hosting the league's crowning event. So let's get to it. I've got everything you need to know about all 32 teams as we go down the list on this week's edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. It is our annual NFL season preview. And of course, don't forget to stick around until the end because we've got my season-ending predictions, which always go super well. Nope. Maybe not. You could listen to last year's podcast to figure it out. But that'll change this year because of course it will. So... Let's get to the facts. I am previewing all 32 teams, all eight divisions. I'm predicting the order of finish for all eight divisions for all four teams. So we can go back in the end of the season and say, Xander, wow, you're a genius. I know. And then, of course, when we finish all that, we will get to our season ending predictions. But let's start our team previews. Here comes a fact. In the AFC in the AFC East, I think we're starting out with one of the more intriguing divisions we're going to see this year right out of the gate. Let's go in alphabetical order and start with the Buffalo Bills. Now, as long as head coach Sean McDermott and quarterback Josh Allen are still paired up in Buffalo, I think the Bills are going to continue to be good. It's their sixth season together, and I'd say it's pretty likely that the Bills are going to embark on their fifth straight winning season. But they still haven't gotten past the AFC Championship game with this group. They couldn't beat the Bengals at home last year in the divisional round. So while Stefan Diggs was going to remain Josh Allen's number one target, the team also added wide receivers Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy from the Dolphins and the Saints, while they drafted tight end Dalton Kincaid in the first round, because Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, and Cole Beasley, they are no longer in Buffalo. Although the team's biggest question mark is the offensive line. As long as Allen stays healthy, though, the Bills should be one of the league's top teams once again. But I do think that the Bills have more competition in the division this year. And that starts with Miami, the Dolphins. You probably remember Tua Tagovailoa's concussion-filled season last year, but he did end up leading the league in passer rating at 105.5 passer rating for the season. And he's got two of the league's top receivers in Tyreek Hill, who had a career-high 1,710 receiving yards last year, and Jalen Waddell. And there was much hype on the defensive end as well. The Dolphins traded for Rams quarterback Jalen Ramsey back in March, but he was placed on injured reserve and is expected to miss most of the regular season. Even so, though, with players like Christian Wilkins and Bradley Chubb up front and Xavier Howard in the secondary, defensive coordinator Vic Fangio should have a pretty productive defensive unit. So if you combine that with a healthy Tua, And the Dolphins, I think, could take on the Bills at the top of the AFC East. They've got a lot of firepower on offense. It just depends. You know, your quarterback does need to stay healthy. And then there's also one more team that's looking to break through at the top of the division. I guess all the teams are. But one more team that I think can realistically do it is the one that made the biggest offseason splash in the division. That would be the New York Jets. And in comes Super Bowl MVP and four-time NFL MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Now listen, we have some, you know, positions on Aaron Rodgers because of other things he says and does on this podcast, but we're just talking football right now. No need to get into any vaccine 
rants. Stay on track. But the Jets have provided the 39-year-old quarterback with some familiar faces because also coming from Green Bay are wide receivers Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, along with Mecole Hardman from the Chiefs. They're going to pair up with likely number one receiver Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall is also coming off an ACL injury, and he looked pretty great earlier last season in the backfield before he suffered that injury. But again, just like the Bills, the Jets have questions on offensive line, and that likely matters more for Rodgers than Josh Allen, who is 12 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. But if Rodgers stays healthy and has a bit of a resurgence in his new environment, the Jets could also be a third at the top of the division. Now, ESPN's Football Power Index, FPI, gives them a 21% chance to win the AFC East, which is still just third in the division behind the two teams that we just spoke about. But most likely, I guess the worst team in this division, but still a pretty good NFL team, the New England Patriots. And when you have Bill Belichick as your coach, like, usually you're going to have a pretty good team. Never count them out. But last season was a little weird because they didn't have an offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick were calling plays. It was a bit of a... It was an interesting experiment. That's over now because the Patriots hired Bill O'Brien to return to the Patriots as offensive coordinator, which is a position he held back in 2011. That was one of the years the Patriots went to the Super Bowl against the Giants. Of course, they didn't win, but that was 12 years ago, and Tom Brady isn't on the field. Anywhere, actually, because he's stayed retired for now. Uh-huh, we'll see. But Mac Jones is still quarterback, which already puts me off a bit for the Pats. He, he's he got a weird vibe, but I did just see a report from Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer that Jones's new number one receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, could have his knee quote-unquote explode whoops at any moment which uh is certainly a problem if his i don't you know his knee's not actually going to explode but as in um he could have a pretty significant injury at any time i guess anybody could but apparently smith schuster is more likely and that is obviously an issue but once again it's probably going to be the defense that keeps new england in games led by pro bowl linebacker matthew judon now the patriots haven't finished last in a division since Bill Belichick's first season as the coach of the team. That was back in 2000. That was back when the Colts were in the AFC East because there were five teams in the division. But I'm going to go ahead and say they break that streak and finish at the bottom of the division this year. If you're a Pats fan, you're sad. If you're everybody else, I guess you're kind of happy because, you know, they were beating up on everybody for two decades and now they're, you know, just subpar, so you kind of take pride in the fact that they aren't as good as they once were. But they are going to be honoring Tom Brady in their home opener on Sunday against the Eagles. That'll probably be interesting, because if you all remember, Tom Brady didn't exactly leave New England on the best of terms, but I don't know, we'll see what happens. So, that's the AFC East, and of course, before we move on, I've got to make my predictions with the standings of the AFC East. So, I gotta go with Buffalo to win the division once again. That would actually be their fourth straight year that they've won the AFC East, which would be the longest for them since 1988 to 1991 when they went to two Super Bowls. Haven't gone to any yet. Maybe this year? Uh, you have to wait for my pick until the end of the podcast, but I'm going to give second to Miami while putting the Jets in a close third, and then as I said, followed by... New England. That's my picks for the AFC East. These are facts. We got seven more divisions to go, y'all. Let's move on to the AFC North. 
And kind of like the first team we discussed in the AFC East, the first team we mentioned in the AFC North is probably going to be a top Super Bowl contender once again, led by a top quarterback. We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, led by Joe Burrow, although this is going to be interesting for Cincinnati because Burrow's rookie deal expires after this year. They signed him to a contract, but his salary cap hit gets much larger after this year. So after this year, the Bengals are going to have to make some tougher choices on who to spend money to, you know, have around Burrow. But for this year, Burrow returns his top three receivers, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, while adding tight end Irv Smith from the Vikings. Now, running back Joe Mixon was in a bit of legal trouble in the offseason. He was found not guilty on an aggravated menacing charge. Even so, he had over 500 less rushing yards last year than he did in 2021, which could open up opportunities for backup Chase Brown. But with a schedule that is a little less intimidating than the other top contenders in the league, the Bengals should be right back to where they were last year, three points away from their second consecutive Super Bowl berth, y'all. Remember, they were three points away from beating the Chiefs and getting to their second straight Super Bowl, which, of course, also means that they've been in the AFC Championship game two years in a row. No slouches in Cincinnati, but to the other end of the state of Ohio and Cleveland, who continued to feature Deshaun Watson, who... I guess on how you think, may or may not be a raper. Yikes! As their starting quarterback, he served a 10-game suspension to start the year because of that last year. And when he came back, he looked sluggish and rusty to close out the year. He'll have more top targets this year alongside Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, though, because Elijah Moore and Marquise Goodwin are coming in from the Jets and the Seahawks, while Nick Chubb is the sole veteran in the backfield because the Browns lost Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson in the offseason. But the defense is going to carry their weight, led by some otherworldly talent, Miles Garrett. They're probably going to be relied on once again. But the Browns' playoff hopes are likely going to come down to the play of Watson. Now, a stat I got, courtesy of ESPN, the Browns have finished the season with a negative point differential for 15 straight years, an NFL record and not a good one to have. Yikes. But now we go to a team that usually has a positive point differential for their season. That would be the Baltimore Ravens. And I think their offense could be even more intriguing to watch this season because, yes, they'll still have Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. He signed a new deal. You remember last year, he was at the end of his contract, decided to wait it out, and you know what? It paid off for him because the man got paid by the Ravens. And he... Listen, he is exciting to watch by himself. But what the Ravens did in the offseason was they brought in Georgia's offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, for the same role. Yeah, the Georgia that just won two straight national championships. And they also had wide receivers Odell Beckham Jr. and Nelson Aguilar, along with first-round pick Zay Flowers from Boston College. And of course, the Ravens have an always competent defense, as long as John Harbaugh's been their coach. Although the health of quarterback Marlon Humphrey is a question mark early in the season, but Baltimore should be a fun watch this season, especially in the AFC North and against the Bengals. Those games, they have Bengals versus Ravens. Those offenses could be trading it back and forth. That could be exciting. But then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, last team in the AFC North. And for the Steelers to make sure they don't miss the playoffs for the second straight year, quarterback Kenny Pickett is likely going to need the opposite of a sophomore slump. Now, the defense is likely going to be, once again, one of the best in the league, headlined by T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, 
who, I mean, if they're healthy, they're almost guaranteed to both get you double-digit sacks. And Najee Harris is still a great running back, even with the expected increase in production for second-year running back Jalen Warren. But again, how far can you go when your top receivers are Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson? I mean, they're all capable receivers. Don't get me wrong, all of these players are so much better at football than basically everybody listening to this podcast. They're awesome. But we're talking about in context of the NFL. Like, there are no slouches, but likely the fourth best unit in the division, I'd say. So that's the AFC North. Going to my picks, it's kind of hard to bet against Cincinnati and the AFC North, and the only team I think that can give them a run for their money is the Ravens. So I'll go with the Bengals to take the division for the third straight year, followed by Baltimore, and then Pittsburgh, and then Cleveland, bringing up the North. By the way, the Bengals have never won the division three straight years in franchise history. That could be a big fact the end of the season. How about that? This is true. Two divisions down, two more to go in the AFC. We continue on to the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts, who appear to be putting their eggs in the basket of rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson. Now, the Colts took him fourth overall in the draft back in April out of Florida, and Richardson was able to get the Gators out of bad spots last year. He had 22 broken tackles, which was tied for the most in FBS last year for quarterbacks. But adjusting to the pros could take a bit. Although, at least if you're a Colts fan, I guess it's nice to know that your team actually has a plan for the future. Because the last two years, you had Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. They just weren't it. Putting your eggs in the basket of a rookie quarterback who you at least have hope for, potential in the future. I mean, at least you know it might turn out to be something in a few years. But for first-year head coach Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator last year, to have a successful year one, the relationship with running back Jonathan Taylor needs to be repaired. If you haven't heard, he was placed on the PUP list, the PUP physically unable to perform list, earlier this offseason and requested a trade. He didn't get one, and because he's still on the PUP list, that means he's out for at least the first four games of the season. And considering he's likely their best player, you know, if you want to have a successful season in context, which doesn't mean making the playoffs, it just means, you know, showing growth over the season, you might want him on your team. Colts fans probably shouldn't have lots of expectations for their team this season, but Jaguars fans should. Something new for Jacksonville fans, preseason expectations. But you've got quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who already saw a bump in his first year with head coach Doug Peterson last year. He enters year two in Peterson's system, and the Jaguars are actually clear favorites to win the division. How about that? He's got that college connection with running back Travis Etienne from Clemson, although rookie Tank Bigsby could be in line for some significant work. But they also add wide receiver Calvin Ridley to a receiving core with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. They give Lawrence lots of options to work with. Now, the AFC South may be the worst division in football. And again, four really good football teams, but in context of the NFL, they don't add up to be something great in context. But the Jaguars may have it easy in this division, but there is a lack of defensive help that could hinder any breakthroughs past the divisional round this season. They made it to the divisional round last year, though, in the playoffs. But we talked about, or I just mentioned, the AFC South being the worst division in football, likely. That, I don't want to be mean, but 
that might have something to do with the Houston Texans being in it. The Texans are not the best team in this division. Rude! Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, he could be great. But his top receivers are Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, and Robert Woods. Again, great receivers, but, you know, maybe on an NFL team, not the ones I'd want to have as my top receivers. However, if you've got running back Damian Pierce on your fantasy team, well, that could mean lots of carries for the second year back. And he's going to be joined in the backfield by Bills running back Devin Singletary this year as well. Now, I'm sure there will be some improvement as the year goes on for first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans. He was the 49ers defensive coordinator last year. But I think it's safe to say the Texans won't be a team contending for the postseason. But that's okay, because you have a new quarterback, you have a new coach. This is the time to rebuild and try and get things right now so that later on you can actually contend. And there's a couple of teams like that this year. But then we have the Tennessee Titans. Head coach Mike Vrabel, you remember he revitalized the Titans under some unexpected top quarterback play from Ryan Tannehill the last few years. But they did miss the playoffs last year for the first time since 2018. Now they drafted Kentucky quarterback Will Levis in the second round. So it's pretty clear that Tannehill's starting spot is not secure. Because if you remember last year they drafted Malik Willis at quarterback. He also provided some competition. He'll probably do so again this year. And that means the offense is probably going to rely on Derrick Henry, the running back. It is a big question how long that the 29-year-old can continue carrying the offense, especially because he's been dealing with some injuries recently in the last few years. The whoever is quarterback is going to have DeAndre Hopkins headlining a revamped receiving core, which is pretty nice to have a guy like that. But for my AFC South predictions, there is a clear number one, as I mentioned earlier, that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expect the Jags to kind of take care of the division. I think Tennessee comes in second. If Anthony Richardson has a better rookie season than expected, the Colts could probably challenge the Titans for the division's silver medal. But I'm going to place them in third, and I think they'll be followed by the Texans, who I think are probably going to get better at some point, just not this year. So, one more division in the AFC. Let's roll with the AFC. West and start off with the Denver Broncos. If you listen to this podcast last year, before the season, we were like, all right, Denver has a new coach, Nathaniel Hackett. He was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator in Green Bay. They got Russell Wilson. What can this team do? And it turns out, uh, not much. Last season was not it for Denver. Nathaniel Hackett was quickly dismissed as the team's head coach. He's actually back with Aaron Rodgers. He's the offensive coordinator for the Jets now. And the Broncos replaced someone with no head coaching experience with about as much NFL head coaching experience as you can get. They hired Sean Payton, who was the head coach for a long time with the Saints. But likely the biggest question in this division, and this is a division that's got big questions for almost all four teams, is whether Russell Wilson still has some gas left in the tank. Now, if he does... Expect a revitalization under Sean Payton for not just himself, but also receivers Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And when running back Javante Williams is back to full strength, the Broncos have a significant running threat as well. Now, is the offense going to be able to carry their own weight? That's the big question. Or is the defense led by linebackers Randy Gregory and Frank Clark going to have to carry that load once again? So we kind of have, it's kind of unknown how Denver's going to do this year. We also have the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, because of quarterback Justin Herbert and his luscious locks, y'all, Ooh. 
The Chargers have been popular picks to make some noise for at least a few years now. They finally made it to the postseason last year for the first time since 2018. But if you remember, they played the Jaguars. They had that epic collapse in the wildcard game, which put another damper on the end of a season. So Brandon Staley, despite all the calls for him to go, remains head coach. The change he did make, though, was Kellen Moore moving over from Dallas as offensive coordinator. Now, how Moore improves the offense this year could possibly determine whether Staley has a job come January, but the firepower is still there on offense. Austin Eckler remains in the backfield. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are still Herbert's top two receivers. Question is, can it be put all together, including more help from the defense led by safety Derwin James Jr.? I mean, you know, Herbert's a popular fantasy quarterback. The Chargers are a popular team to pick, but they haven't lived up to the hype. Can that change this year? I mean, I guess we won't know until they start playing the games. But a team that has lived up to all the hype is the defending Super Bowl champions. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, last year, the Rams were defending champions, and they fell off a cliff. That's probably not going to happen to the Chiefs, who continued to be powered by head coach Andy Reid and, of course, quarterback Patrick Mahomes. It didn't matter last year that Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill, but could it matter that he loses two more receivers in Juju Smith-Schuster and McCall Hardman? Could that have an impact? Now, Mahomes' top target, still there, tight end Travis Kelsey, and wide receivers Kadarius Toney, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Sky Moore are no slouches. The Chiefs are always going to be competitive, I think, as long as Mahomes is wearing number 15 for the Chiefs. But you do have defensive end Chris Jones, probably their best player on defense. He's holding out right now with a contract dispute. How long that lasts could mean the offense has to score lots of points to stay in games. I mean, they've shown they could do that in the past. It just puts some added pressure on your offense week in and week out when you don't have your star defensive player playing. But again, they're the defending Super Bowl champions, and I don't think that they're going to fall off a cliff like the last defending champions did because the Chiefs had already won a Super Bowl before this with Mahomes and Reed, and then they just won another one. So they'll probably be back at the top of the league this coming season. And then we've got the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. And we talked about their division mates, the Broncos and the Chargers. And we were like, well, their season could kind of, you know, go either way. But we probably know the least about the Raiders in this division because quarterback Derek Carr's out the door, replaced by Jimmy Garoppolo. He actually reunites with head coach Josh McDaniels after the two were in New England together when McDaniels was offensive coordinator. Garoppolo definitely has the firepower to get things done in Vegas, though. He's got receivers Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Renfro. Josh Jacobs is still one of the league's top running backs. I think I'd put Vegas' skill guys up against anybody in this division, to be honest. But you've got to put it all together, and that's the big question. Plus, you've got 7th overall draft pick defensive end Tyree Wilson. He's joining Max Crosby on the defensive line to hopefully improve a defense that was... Not so great last year. So the Raiders, the AFC West is kind of a division of unknowns besides the Chiefs. We know the Chiefs are going to be good. Can the Chargers finally put it all together? What are the Broncos going to look like with Sean Payton as coach? And how is Jimmy Garoppolo going to operate with the Raiders? Good question. So the AFC West is kind of a division of unknowns, I guess. But there is no doubt in my mind that Kansas City is going to win the AFC West once again this year. They haven't finished second since 2015, but after Kansas City, it does get a bit tricky. 
Because I think Justin Herbert is the next best quarterback in the division, I'm going to go with the Chargers to finish second, and then the Broncos and the Raiders, I think, are going to follow closely behind. Although I do think Las Vegas could win more than six games, which is how many they won last season. So, how about that, y'all? This is kind of the midway point of the podcast, because we just wrapped up the AFC, the four divisions, and the 16 teams in that conference the American Football Conference. Are you done? Now we move over to the four divisions and the 16 teams that remain in the NFC, the National Football Conference. And we begin with, of course, the always entertaining NFC East and the team that probably won the offseason, all because their owners sold the team. That's right, y'all. Washington Commanders, the commies, Daniel Snyder is no longer the owner of the Washington whatevers. A great achievement for mankind. Congratulations! But that in and of itself is a win for Washington fans, and they'll take it because I don't think they're going to have that great of a team this season. Now, there's a lot of hype around this team. I think a lot because the fans are really engaged now. They're like, oh my gosh, Josh Harris is the new owner. Dan Snyder is out. We can be great. But you need to have a good team. Fact is, Sam Howell is coming into the season as the starting quarterback, and I think there's a higher chance that that doesn't work out than it does. But you do have Eric Bieniemy coming in from Kansas City as offensive coordinator, so you could probably expect some creativity from the Washington offense. And having Terry McLaurin as your top receiver is exciting, you know, if the quarterback play is there. But perhaps beyond quarterback play, the biggest question is the health of the defense. If the D-line Headlined by Chase Young, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen can stay healthy, they'll give some teams some trouble. Problem is, they haven't stayed healthy in the last two years or so, and that's been the real issue for Washington's defense. But if they stay healthy, if they have good quarterback play, they could be a good team. If not, this team might look a bit similar to the Dan Snyder era teams. Although it's not Dan Snyder era anymore, Josh Harris is the owner, and just because of that, Washington fans are winners. But now from Washington, straight to their arch rival, the team they are going to be playing on Thanksgiving Day, the Dallas Cowboys. Rinse and repeat for Dallas. Do well in the regular season to make the playoffs, and then falter in the postseason. Dallas seems destined for that same fate this year, unless something big changes. Now, Jerry Jones is trying. He replaced offensive coordinator Kellen Moore with Brian Schottenheimer, and he drafted running back Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State to help replace Ezekiel Elliott, although Tony Pollard is probably going to pick up most of the slack there. Cowboys defense should be excellent again, though, under defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and linebacker Micah Parsons, while adding former defensive player of the year Stephon Gilmore alongside Travon Diggs in the secondary, I mean, that's going to make teams wary of the defense from top to bottom. All that needs to happen is an offense of enough quality, led by quarterback Dak Prescott. But until I see it happen, who knows whether it's going to happen. But there's all this talk every single year about the Cowboys, America's team. But there are two remaining NFC East teams that we have to talk about that have not only been to Super Bowls more recently than Dallas, but have won Super Bowls more recently than Dallas, too. That includes Philly, the Eagles, who were the NFC's representatives in last year's Super Bowl and came within three points of taking down Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a really good game, if y'all don't remember, from last year, last year's Super Bowl. Also remember that on the way there, 
They were the NFC's number one seed, and they held both the Giants and the 49ers to just seven points each in their playoff games. And the leader behind last year's run, quarterback Jalen Hurts, who finished second in MVP voting last year, returns to helm an offense that looks just as formidable as a year ago. Now Hurts' top receivers, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith return, and newcomers DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny from the Lions and the Seahawks provide veteran presence at running back. Plus, the Eagles return Roto-Wire's top-ranked offensive line. It's true! Now, the Eagles are good enough on paper, not just for another top finish in the NFC East, but in the conference as well. We'll see if they can execute, because, you know, looking at paper, looking at the previews is all great, but you actually have to play the game. But in this preview, we're going to say the Eagles are one of the top teams in the league again. Now, the Giants are the last team in the NFC East. The Giants, I think, maybe not the Cowboys, could prove to be the Eagles' biggest divisional threat. New York looks similar to last year, but it's year two under head coach Brian Dayball, and if there is progress, we're going to see it come this season, because quarterback Daniel Jones has added several key targets in wide receiver Paris Campbell from the Colts and tight end Darren Waller from the Raiders, plus the offseason holdout for running back Saquon Barkley. There was a lot of offseason holdouts due to contracts this offseason, but Saquon Barkley's ended relatively quickly. That didn't last in the training camp, which means he should be ready to go as a top running back in the league. And year two, I think, could provide some exciting momentum on defense for defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau. But the issue for the Giants is the offensive line, and how much could that hamper New York in potential big games in the division against Dallas and Philly? That could be sort of a problem. But we saw what Brian Dayball did with that Bills offense when he was the offensive coordinator for Josh Allen. And he got the Giants to the playoffs last year. Remember, they did get beat up by the Eagles, but they made it to the playoffs, to the divisional round. And so I think the Giants actually could be better than last year and could be possibly the biggest threat to the Eagles in the division. Maybe not the Cowboys. You know, there's always the chance of a surprise. But I think in the NFC East, the Eagles look too strong to not finish atop the division. It would be the first time since the Eagles' streak of four straight division titles from 2001 to 04 that an NFC East team would win the division in consecutive years. That's what I think is going to happen. I've got Dallas next because I think their defense carries them to another strong season, but the Giants are not going to be far behind, which actually I think gives the NFC East potential to feature three playoff teams for the second straight season. And then bringing up the rear is Washington. I mean, at least they'll probably change their name again soon, because Commies is terrible, to say the least. That's all I'll say about that. You. Next up is the NFC North. The North looks a little different this year. It's a lot more interesting, because although the Packers didn't win the division last year, the man who kind of reigned over the division for the last 15 or so years is gone. That would be Aaron Rodgers. The man who proclaimed that he owned the Bears fans, Aaron Rodgers. He's gone now, Chicago Bears fans. You can rest easy. But that doesn't mean the Bears vault to the top of the division because the Bears were owners of the first pick of the draft, but they gave that to Carolina. In return, they got wide receiver DJ Moore and a couple other picks. But his addition alongside Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool provides quarterback Justin Fields with more options than he had last year. So don't expect him to run over. A thousand yards again this season, 
like last year. That was just the fourth time ever that a quarterback has run for over a thousand yards in a season. Fact! And of course, don't forget our one-year Hokie, Khalil Herbert at running back. Always have to shout out the Hokies. But in year two under head coach Matt Eberflus, I think the Bears are going to win more than three games. But a playoff berth might be a stretch. Because even though Aaron Rodgers is gone from Green Bay, it might be Detroit that benefits the most from Aaron Rodgers leaving the division. The Lions won six more games in 2022 than they did in 2021. And year three for head coach Dan Campbell could be exciting. Quarterback Jared Goff is going to sit behind an excellent offensive line while he adds rookie running back Jameer Gibbs along with former Bears running back David Montgomery. And as long as he stays healthy, Amon Ross St. Brown could be one of the most productive receivers in the league. Plus, ESPN's FPI, the football power index I mentioned earlier, gives them the best chance to win the division at 43%. It would be the first time that happens since 1993. The longest active streak in the league. Ooh, might be broken this year, y'all. How about that? And then we have the Packers. The Jordan Love era at quarterback has begun. In Green Bay, y'all. But there's more than just quarterback play where the Packers face uncertainty because the franchise drafted five receivers in the draft and Love's projected top two targets, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, are entering their second seasons in the league. Now, if Green Bay can, you know, develop these players and insert them nicely into head coach Matt LaFleur's system, you know, if that happens, the Packers could be a threat atop the league once again. But that ain't happening this year. However, you do have the pairing of running backs Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That'll still be a force on the ground. But because of all the uncertainty offensively besides the running backs, that could mean it's kind of a reset year for Green Bay. And then you have the Minnesota Vikings. The defending division champs look a bit different at the skill positions in year two of head coach Kevin O'Connell. Now, quarterback Kirk Cousins is still in Minnesota, but he's not going to have familiar running back Dalvin Cook behind him. Instead, Alexander Madison is elevated to that starting spot. And while wide receiver Justin Jefferson, one of, I mean, if not the best receiver in football, he returns, Adam Thielen does not. And ESPN had the stat that either Cook or Thielen were on the field for 94% of the team's offensive snaps last year, which is pretty wild. Both those two guys are gone. So expect that first-round pick wide receiver Jordan Addison from USC is probably going to play significant minutes alongside receivers TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne. And the Vikings have a great chance to repeat at the top of the division. They were the ones who finished at the top of the NFC North last year, but they face a new threat, and upfront defensively is still a question mark. So with that, time for my picks in the NFC North. You know, it's kind of weird because even though they're actually the favorites to win the division right now, it still feels like a spoiler to put Detroit at the top of the NFC North. That's probably because it hasn't happened in 30 years, but I think that that woeful streak gets put to bed this year. I've got the Lions at the top of the NFC North, followed by the Vikings, I think they'll be a close second, followed by Chicago, and then, for the first time in 18 years, Green Bay finishes at the bottom up north. How about that, y'all? If you say so. Moving on down south to the NFC South, where we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, in the 12 years before Tom Brady went to Tampa, the Buccaneers failed to qualify for the postseason 
in all 12 years. That same fate may come upon the Bucks in the years after Tom Brady. Well, probably not for 12 years, but at least this season, because with Brady gone, he's retired, in quotes, because remember how that turned out last time? He stayed retired for now. I just can't trust the man. It looks like quarterback Baker Mayfield is the guy, and he does have some legitimate threats at receiver. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Russell Gage was another, but he's out for the year due to injury. It's still really up in the air how productive this offense could be this season, and if Mayfield slips up, you've got Kyle Trask and John Wolford who could also be thrown into the mix at quarterback as well. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say these Buccaneers are probably going to look more like the pre-Brady era than what came after it started. They made the playoffs in all three years that Brady was their quarterback. Uh, Not sure about this season. Even if they're in the NFC South, which if we're ranking divisions is kind of near the bottom. But then you also have the Atlanta Falcons. Now the Falcons won 10 games in 2017, which was the year after 28-3 in the Super Bowl. That's right, y'all. That happened, well, I guess that was in 2017. So that was over six years ago that the Patriots came back from 28-3 to to beat the Falcons. That's just insane. But since then, since the 2017 season, Atlanta has not been back to the postseason. But in a weak division, I think they've got a decent chance this year. At the skill positions, Atlanta looks talented. They've got 8th overall pick, B. John Robinson. He should be a week one starter at running back. While wide receiver Drake London looks like he could develop into one of the top receivers in the league. And I think people may be overlooking quarterback Desmond Ritter. He took over the job at the end of his rookie year last year. And he's also got tight end Kyle Pitts as some insurance as well. Kyle Pitts is a good receiver to have if you're a quarterback. Helped by one of the league's best offensive lines and third-year head coach Arthur Smith, I think Atlanta might come to surprise some in the NFC South this year. Two other teams remain in the division, though. We've got Carolina. The Panthers kind of hit the reset button last year when they fired their head coach Matt Rule and traded running back Christian McCaffrey. Even before the season ended, they kind of hit the reset button. And we're beginning to see what the future is going to look like in Charlotte because former Colts head coach Frank Reich is at the helm now. The team traded up to get quarterback Bryce Young from Alabama with the top pick in the draft. And fortunately for Young, the Panthers have also made some other moves. He'll have experienced receivers Adam Thielen and DJ Chark to work with. And you've also got Miles Sanders at running back. He's coming off a career year that obviously helped the Eagles make the Super Bowl. Now, this is the start of a rebuild for Carolina, but if the guys they brought in live up to their potential, like Bryce Young, probably, to name one, he's kind of what they're banking on for their future. It could be a quick one. They've brought in some guys to really help Young this season, especially Thielen and Sanders, guys who are experienced even in the playoffs. I'm not saying Carolina's going to make the playoffs this year, but they're an interesting team. They're not the typical team that just got the number one overall pick. And then you've got the Saints. The Raiders decided to move on from quarterback Derek Carr, so the New Orleans Saints felt that he should be their starter. And coming into 2023, that's what he's going to be. Since Drew Brees retired after the 2020 season, the quarterback position has kind of been in flux in New Orleans, and Carr seems like the best bet yet to take it over long term. His likely top target, Chris Olave, had over 1,000 yards in his rookie season last year. And of course, Michael Thomas is still there. We remember the Michael Thomas from a couple years ago, one of the top receivers in the league. We'll see if he can get back to form. He's still 30 years old. There's still a chance he's got some big play potential in him. We'll see what happens 
with Michael Thomas. And then you also have Alvin Kamara, the running back. He was suspended for the first three games of this year after his involvement in an altercation after the Pro Bowl, not this year, but the 2022 Pro Bowl. So back well over a year ago was revealed. So the Saints brought in former Lions running back Jamal Williams to at least start the first few games, and we'll see what happens after Kamara gets back. But the defense is looking to get back to the norm of being a top-half unit in the league. They were not very impressive last year. The Saints have the talent, but can it come together in time to get to the playoffs? That's the big question when you're bringing in Derek Carr as your quarterback. They've missed the postseason the last two years. And the last time they missed the postseason three years in a row was actually quite recently, 2014, 2015, and 2016. So now, if we're ranking divisions, I kind of dissed on the AFC South earlier in the podcast. I didn't want to be mean. It's just, you know, when comparing the divisions, they're kind of lackluster. And I think the NFC South kind of fits that billing as well. I think we'd kind of put the two South divisions at the bottom if we were to rank divisions. I'm not going to actually go down the list on this podcast. But at least one team is getting into the postseason, and I think in the NFC South, that'll be the Atlanta Falcons. Put me on the Desmond Ritter hype train. I think Atlanta does just enough to win the division from New Orleans. And third, I've actually got Carolina, who I think does better than expectations. I, listen, hear me out now. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but if Carolina sneaks in there, I wouldn't be surprised, which puts Tampa Bay in fourth. Oh, the Bucks going from first to worst in the NFC South. But that's what happens when you lose Tom Brady. Not just Brady, though. They've lost a bunch of guys over the last two years. And so let's wrap up the divisions, our final division, y'all. Final four teams with the NFC West. And starting off with the San Francisco 49ers, who did make it to the NFC Championship game last year, even though they went through three quarterbacks last year, including relying on Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy, to wrap up the year. They still made it to the NFC Championship game. He wildly surpassed expectations, though, and Brock Purdy's the starter coming into 2023. Of course, when you look at San Francisco's offense, you'd be like, well, it's kind of tough not to have success. I mean, behind you, if you're quarterback, you've got Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, who might just be like the top one-two running back punch in the league, and then receivers Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle are going to give any quarterback a lot of assistance. And Purdy's got a pretty good offensive line, too, headlined by Trent Williams blocking for him. And he can also rely on one of the league's best defenses, which is led by Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. And they added defensive end Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. He had a career-high 11 sacks last year. So suffice to say, if you're talking about the best teams in the NFL, you need to include the San Francisco 49ers in that conversation. Spitting the truth. Now, if we were to continue that conversation, you would absolutely not include the Arizona Cardinals. The Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray experiment took a disastrous turn last year, leading to Kingsbury's firing as head coach and a 4-13 and finish for the Cardinals last year. And Kyler Murray has been hobbled by injuries and reports of a lack of caring Suffice to say, last year, he has been busy with the Call of Duty, apparently, is out the first four weeks of the year due to injury, likely setting up Josh Dobbs or rookie Clayton Toon to start the first few games. DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green are gone, so Arizona's best pass catchers, likely Zach Ertz, who is also injured to start the year. So there's a few teams, we've talked about some of these teams, but there's a few teams who we believe 
have almost no shot of making the postseason before a game is even played. Arizona's in that category, though. For first-year head coach Jonathan Gannon, he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles last year. ESPN's FBI gives the lowest odds of making the postseason to this Cardinals team. Just 4%. Oof. Which is... Yikes. But then we've got the Los Angeles Rams. Do you remember two years ago, the Rams bet all on the 2021 season, and they were rewarded by winning the Super Bowl at home, at SoFi Stadium. They flipped that 12-5 record around last year to finish 5-12. That was a campaign headlined by injuries to some of their star players. This year, it's likely that off-season subtractions are going to have a more noticeable impact. Defensive stalwarts Bobby Wagner and Jaylee Ramsey departed, as did wide receiver Allen Robinson. That means less help for force of nature defensive end Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the ball. He can only do so much by himself, y'all. And on offense, it still remains to be seen whether quarterback Matthew Stafford has another full season in him behind one of the league's worst offensive lines. And his top receiver, Cooper Cup, is not a guarantee to play this Sunday coming off of injury. So... It's looking more and more like the 2023 Rams are going to be more similar to last year's team than the championship winning squad they put out two years ago. And our final team preview, y'all, takes us to the Pacific Northwest, where it rains all the time, for Pete Carroll's 14th season in charge of the Seattle Seahawks. After finishing last in the division for the first time since 1996 back in 2021, Seattle made it back to the postseason last year thanks to an unexpected strong campaign from quarterback Geno Smith, who obviously replaced Russell Wilson. He took home the franchise's single-season records in passing yards. He had 4,282 passing yards, and he had a 69.8% completion percentage. Nice, which was the franchise's single-season record now. It's the truth. And he gains another stud receiver because the Seahawks drafted Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigma in the first round to pair up with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think all 32 starting quarterbacks in the league would love to have those three as their top receivers. And Seattle's always vaunted defense added cornerback Devon Witherspoon from Illinois with the fifth overall pick of the draft. Expectations should be another postseason berth for the Seahawks this season even if Geno Smith doesn't live up to the standard he kind of set last season. And so to wrap up my divisional predictions, I think I've got a pretty easy one in the NFC West. I think the 49ers should run away with the division, but Seattle, I think, is going to prove a tough test in their two matchups in the division. Seattle comes in second, followed by the Rams, and then the Cardinals, who, let's face it, they're going to have a tough time winning any games this season. It's going to be rough for Arizona. But the 49ers, I think, win the NFC West. So there you have it, y'all. Eight divisions, 32 teams previewed. All that's left on our Xander's Facts NFL season preview is, of course, our predictions on the league this year. We're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about the big game that's coming up in February. I've got facts. You've got ears. So let's do this thing. Xander's Facts. I'm making my season-long NFL picks, y'all. Based on the facts, of course. For our playoff teams, starting off of the AFC, I had the Bills, Bengals, Jaguars, and Chiefs all winning their divisions and grabbing the top four spots in the AFC. For the three wild card spots, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Chargers, who I think are going to make the playoffs, which means that Broncos and Jets 
didn't make the playoffs for me. I think it was a close one between the Chargers, Broncos, and Jets for that last wildcard spot. But I don't know. Something about Aaron Rodgers. Well, there's a lot of things that make me unhappy about Aaron Rodgers. But just him at the Jets does. It seems strange. And then you've got the Chargers of the Broncos in the West. And I just think, I just think that Justin Herbert will be the difference maker, especially in those matchups between those two teams. Those matchups could be the deciders right there for who makes the playoffs between the Chargers and the Broncos. And then for me, I've got the Bengals winning the conference title, making it to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to meet the Bills in the AFC title game. But Buffalo's tougher division gives Cincinnati the advantage to me. And Kansas City, of course, is going to be right up there at the top of the conference. But I've got the Bengals making their second Super Bowl appearance in three years. How about that? Wow! So over to the NFC now. If you don't remember, I had the Eagles, Lions, Falcons, and 49ers winning their divisions. Those would be the top four spots in the NFC playoffs. And then for my wild card spots, I'm going to go with the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Giants, I think, are going to make the playoffs. It was tough between the Giants and the Vikings for that last playoff spot for me. But I went with New York, and of course for the Lions, it'll be their first postseason since 2016. And winning the division, which they, I think, will do for the first time in 30 years. How about that? So to take the conference title and the Super Bowl berth from the NFC... I think I like the Eagles and the 49ers facing off in a rematch of the NFC Championship game, but I think that unlike last year, San Francisco is going to avenge last season's 24-point beatdown. I've got the 49ers winning the NFC, meeting the Bengals in the big game, y'all. Super Bowl 58, which is taking place at Allegiant Stadium, as I said at the top of the podcast, for the first time in Las Vegas. Actually, technically, it's in Paradise, Nevada, the town of Paradise. But you know what? It's basically Las Vegas, and it's where the Raiders play, the Las Vegas Raiders. That game will be on Sunday, February 11th. It's going to air this year, or I guess next year. It'll be 2024 by then on CBS and Nickelodeon, too. How about that? Who's going to be the MVP this year, y'all? What are you talking about? Bengals and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I mean, lots of other people are probably going to have different Super Bowl matchups, but I think it's hard to argue that it would probably not be a surprise if we saw this matchup of the Super Bowl, two of the best teams that we've had in the league for a couple years now. Joe Burrow versus Brock Purdy. Oh my gosh. One of those is not the same, but these are the two, well, at least two of the most well put together teams in the league. And I think if this happens, it would be a great, exciting matchup, kind of like we saw last year with the Eagles and the Chiefs. That was a really good game. But ultimately, Burrow over Purdy, just slightly, gives the Bengals the edge for me. So I've got the Cincinnati Bengals winning the Super Bowl, y'all, for the first time ever, the franchise's first championship in either the NFL or the old AFL before the two merged. How about that, y'all? Xander's facts. It's a fact. And with that, there's my NFL season preview, y'all. The Xander's facts, 2023-2024 NFL season preview. Those are all the facts you need to know. And we've got, y'all, meaningful professional football this week. Not preseason or whatever crap. 
This is the regular season. Begins Thursday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, NBC. The Chiefs host the Lions. They'll get to celebrate their Super Bowl from last year. It'll be so nice. And in the week's other notable matchups, we've got the Cowboys of the Giants on Sunday night, NFC East. And then AFC East, the Bills take on the Jets on Monday night. And that's obviously going to be Aaron Rodgers' first home game at MetLife Stadium, which everybody's going to be very excited about. And of course, the Bills are really good too. And also, just like last year, and just like for college, like I did last week, I'm continuing my weekly fact-filled picks for every NFL game. I'm going to post those each week on the Xander's Facts Instagram feed and on threads, which I, I mean, I still love threads. And also Facebook this year. Mark Zuckerberg is loving Xander's facts because that's all I'm posting on, y'all. Facebook for the boomers, Instagram for the zoomers, as I said yesterday. I'm going to get this week's slate of games out probably Thursday so you can prepare for all the facts coming your way and all the picks. I know I finished above 50% last year. Actually, let me find my actual record that I had last year for my predictions because I picked every single game regular season and postseason last year, and I'm going to do the same this year on the Xander's Facts social media channel. So if you're not following, you should probably go do that. But last year, on my picks, including the postseason, I picked 284 games. I got 171 of them right, which, y'all, is over 60%. So that's pretty good. So you should probably listen to the facts. Judge Xander. Like, uh, I'm just saying. But there you go. That's the Xander's Facts NFL season preview for the upcoming 2023-24 season. The season begins this weekend. So, y'all, let's go watch some football. I'm excited for the season to get started. So, there you have it, y'all. Those are all the facts I've got for this week's edition of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember that if you liked all the facts that we had on this week's edition, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 117, rate, and review the podcast, and then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Threads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Xander's Facts, that is Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, we like to call it around here, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast, tell all your friends about the podcast, the newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts, along with Xander's Facts on YouTube, because we post all our new episodes, including this one, to our YouTube channel, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, and then check out the Xander's Facts link tree because it has all the Xander's Facts links that you need. Link tr.ee slash Xander's Facts for the podcast, for the newsletter, for the YouTube, and much more. They're all there on the Xander's Facts link tree. So there you have it, y'all. Episode 117 of the podcast. Lots of football facts that we just gave you. But next week, we've got episode 118. Something factual is coming your way next week, as on all weeks that we have a new episode of the Xander's Facts podcast, so make sure to tune in for that next Wednesday, September 13th. There you go. So that is it, y'all. That is a wrap on episode 117 of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, and the Xander's Facts podcast rolls on with episode 118 next week. You guys gave us a lot of really positive rat poison. The rat poison that you usually give us is usually fatal. But the rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy.